Chronicles chapter 26, as we continue our study through the Old Testament, Second Chronicles chapter 26, the message entitled tonight is From Grace to Disgrace. And one can go from grace to disgrace in a matter of seconds. And that's what we see happening to King Uzziah in our study tonight. At the height, probably, or the peak of his reign as king for 52 years, it was spoiled in moments. Uzziah was a king for 52 years, but he spoiled it all in an hour. Now, many men and women who have been in power have spoiled all that they've accomplished in their lifetime. Even though they got off to a good start and it looked to be promising and continued to do good for some time. Uzziah's reign was the longest reign of Judah and Israel except for Manasseh, who reigned for 55 years. Uzziah's reign was full of prosperity, success in foreign wars that made him famous, that made him strong. And those things were signs of God's approval. But all of that was ruined in a moment. His people didn't suffer for his sin. Neither did his priests who were faithful to their calling and their holy responsibility that God gave them that worked to their advantage. But for Uzziah, man, he went off track somewhere in his life. Now, when his derailment happened, we don't know. Uh, But all of his work of many years of a well-spent and up to this point of an amazing reign was wiped away by one unguarded moment. A great lesson for us tonight. Uzziah's story, it isn't uncommon. And we can learn some helpful lessons from it. And we're going to look at three specific areas or aspects in his life. We're going to look at his success. We're going to look at his pride. And we're going to look at his punishment. So let's begin now in chapter 26 with verses 1 through 3. And it says, Now all the people of Judah took Uzziah who was 16 years old, and made him king instead of his father Amaziah. He built Elath and restored it to Judah after the king rested with his fathers. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. So Amaziah was Uzziah's father. Amaziah started out well also. God gave him victory over the Edomites, but he did a very foolish thing, if you remember from our last study. After he defeated the Edomites, he brought back some of their idols, and he worshipped them. So God delivered Amaziah to Joash, the king of Israel, and the king. Uh, and he came to Jerusalem, and he broke down part of the walls. He took hostages and, and treasure, and he killed Amaziah. Uzziah was made king at 16 years old. All the people agreed to make this teenage boy their king. But being so young may have been his downfall. You see, it's not wise to put such, a, such big responsibilities on young people. Because young people many times make critical decisions with immature minds. And they think or they judge without full knowledge. Many times they act on impulse. And feelings, not on fact and how it's going to affect us long term. And I go back and I think of my teenage years and those young years in my life. And it was all about fun. It was all about what's cool. It's what's all about what's happening. You know, you do the drinking, you do the drugs, you do the driving. You just think you're so cool. And you never think about the what if. Because it's like it would never happen to you. 
And so again, many times we act on impulse when we're young and on our feelings, not on fact. Not looking at how might this affect me long term. The the young are easily influenced by other people rather than guided by sound principles. And they fall into serious and sometimes irreversible mistakes. Heavy responsibilities before they're ready is not good for the young. Because again, they face many temptations that they shouldn't have to deal with at their age. It puts a heavy responsibility on them that they're not yet mentally strong enough to deal with. And most of the time, they will crumble under their load. Responsibility isn't for the young, but for those who are ready and ripe in life experience. We read here that his mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. And you will find these words, his mother's name, about 30 times in Kings and Chronicles, which seems to suggest that the mother had a lot to do with the character and the behavior of the son. Look at verses 4 through 5 now. And he did... That is Uzziah. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father Amaziah had done. He sought God in the days of Zechariah who had understanding in the visions of God. And notice, as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Underline that. Remember that. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Here's why Uzziah was so successful. Uzziah had Zechariah as his counselor. Uzziah wanted to know the Lord. And again, in verse 5 here, it says, As long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Every true seeker of God has to be born again. Deuteronomy 4.29 says, You will find him if you seek him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. Now, in order to do this, this involves the gift of a divine existence. The creating of a new creature. Being born again, because you see, this is the nature, the new nature, the created, the, the new creation. That's the nature that will habitually seek after God. Now, what does seeking the Lord include? It, it, it includes worshiping God. It includes praying to God. It includes waiting upon God, you know, among many other things. Then you will experience prosperity. Now, if you ask a worldly person what prosperity is, he'll tell you money. One of the many things, okay, possessions, accumulation of material things, good health, friends, and so on. But what is Christian prosperity? It's spiritual growth. It's victory over trials. Paul said the life of a Christian is the life of a conqueror. And third, the most valuable lessons are often learned from the heaviest trials, the heaviest calamities in our life. Now, how long does this prosperity go on? As long as he sought the Lord. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, notice, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. As long as we meditate and are in the word of God day and night. As one of the kings of Judah, Uzziah is remembered mostly for the good times that the people enjoyed while he was king because they experienced prosperity. They experienced good times. While he was king, Jerusalem experienced experienced a lot of wonderful improvements. And Zechariah was most likely, most likely had a lot of influence over Uzziah when it came to the things of God. Because it says that Zechariah in verse 3, notice, had understanding 
in the visions of God. And that means that Zechariah was able to receive word from God and he was able to give it to other men. But we also can have the same understanding like Zechariah did. And we can have that understanding when we're reading the scriptures. You see, when we're reading the scriptures, when we're reading the Bible, we can see that God didn't then, as he doesn't do now, give his word to just anybody. There are certain conditions that God is looking for to give his word to people. God looks for a pure heart and he looks for holy character. He looks for godly men and women and he looks for holiness. See, these things are the key to seeing and hearing from God. Hebrews 12, 14 says, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Now, in verses 6 through 15, we start by looking at the first of these three sides of of Uzziah's life, his success. Let's begin with verses 6 through 7. Now he, that is Uzziah, went out and he made war against the Philistines and broke down the wall of Gath, the wall of Jabna and the wall of Ashdod and built cities around Ashdod and among the Philistines. So here in verses six through seven, we see his successful career. Uzziah was a great soldier, but again, it was because God helped him. And as a result, look at verse eight. Also, the Ammonites brought tribute to Uzziah. His fame spread as far as the entrance of Egypt because he became exceedingly strong. Notice these things, these blessings, these signs of God's approval in his life. Uzziah's fame spread all the way to Egypt. And so did the boundaries of his empire spread to Egypt. This added power to his kingdom. Look at verse 9 now. And Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate, at the valley gate, and at the corner buttress of the wall. Then he fortified them. So not only was his career successful, not only was he a brilliant soldier, but he was a great builder. He didn't just build the fortress at Elath and the cities in Philistia. He also built towers, according to verse 10. In Jerusalem, he built towers at the corner gate. The northwest corner of the city, according to chapter 25, verse 23, at the valley gate on the west side where the Jaffa gate is now, and at the corner support of the wall on the east side of Zion. This tower controlled both the Temple Hill and Zion against attacks from the southeast. Look at verse 10. Also, he built towers in the desert. He dug many wells, for he had much livestock, both in the lowlands and in the plains. He also had farmers and vine dressers in the mountains and in Carmel, for he loved the soil. So we see that the desert and the wilderness place on the west side of the Dead Sea, this wilderness place that it's talking about in verse 10, was on the west side of the Dead Sea. This tower protected his flocks and shepherds against attacks from gangs of robbers which were either Edomites or Arabians. Uzziah was a farmer. He loved the land. He was a cattle breeder. He had a lot of cattle in the area that's just mentioned here in verse 10. In the lowland between the mountains of Judah and the Mediterranean. In the plains on the east of the Dead Sea from Arnon to near Heshbon in the north. He made cisterns or, or you know, cisterns that held water, you know, in each of those areas for those cattle that he had. He was a serious farmer. And he kept farmers and vine dressers in the mountains and in the harvest fields. Now, Josephus, the Jewish historian, said he took care to cultivate the ground. He planted it with all kinds of plants and planted all kinds of seeds. Verses 11 and 12. Moreover, 
Uzziah had an army of fighting men who went out to war by companies, according to the number on their roll as prepared by, by Jael, the scribe and Messiah, Messiah the officer uh, under the hand of Hananah, one of the king's captains. Verse 12 goes on to say, The total number of the chief officers of the mighty men of valor was 2,600. So Uzziah, again, was a, he was a gifted soldier on top of everything else, a gifted general. He put together an army. The numbers of fighting men were prepared by Hananiah, who was one of the king's captains, assisted by uh, uh, Jeiel, the scribe, and Maasiah, the steward, which were two officials who, that were skilled in writing and making up uh, of lists. Verse 13. And under their authority was an army of 307,500 that made war with mighty power to help to help the king against the enemy. So the total force, according, according to the estimation, was 307,500. They were able-bodied and thoroughly disciplined troops with 2,600 heads of father's houses, according to verse 12. These were mighty men. They were brave men who acted as superior officers or division commanders. Verse 14. So the armed men. Oops, wrong, wrong chapter. Yeah, wrong chapter. Verse 14. Then Uzziah prepared for them, for the entire army, shields, spears, helmets, body armor, bows and slings to cast stones. So Uzziah also armed his, his soldiers. He armed the troops. He made weapons that they needed for off- offensive and defensive fighting for the whole army. The offensive weapons that he made uh, for offense were spears, bows, and slings. Secondly, the defensive weapons were shields, helmets, and body armor. Look at verse 15. And he made devices in Jerusalem, notice, invented by skillful men to be on the towers and the corners to shoot arrows and large stones. Notice, so his fame spread far and wide, for he was marvelously helped, notice, until he became strong. Verse 15 says that Uzziah made devices. He fortified Jerusalem by putting these devices that were invented by skillful men to shoot arrows and large stones on the towers and corners of its walls. These devices are one of the earliest references to catapults, which seem to have been defensive weapons since their users were on the towers and the corners of the walls. Now look at verse 16. But when he was strong, notice here, But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction because he transgressed against the Lord his God. How? Notice, by entering the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Now, okay, we just looked at his success in the previous verses. Now we're going to see his pride mentioned here in verse 16. What would make Uzziah do such a foolish thing? Pride. It says his heart was lifted up. This is what you can expect to happen when somebody has too much material and worldly prosperity. Uzziah was a descendant of David, but there were strict limits on his role in worship. Maybe that's what made Uzziah unhappy. Maybe he was, un- was, was unhappy about the restrictions After God gave Uzziah great prosperity and power, he becomes prideful. His pride corrupted him. 
Solomon was right when Solomon said that pride goes before destruction. Proverbs 16, 18. Hey, hey, if, if God has blessed you and he's given you wealth and he's given you power and popularity, be thankful for it. Enjoy it. But you know what? Be careful. It's okay to have things. It's normal to get excited when we accomplish something. But it's wrong to be disrespectful to God or to look down on others and having a superior attitude. We need to check our attitudes. We need to remember to give God credit and give Him the glory for what we have and what we've accomplished. Because He's enabled us to do it. He's enabled us to have those things. Your gifts, uh, you know, use your gifts in ways that please Him. Listen to the instruction given in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 11 through 14 and verse 18. It says, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping His commandments or His word, His judgments and His statutes, which are all words for His, His word, which I command you today, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage and you shall remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is to this day. Basically, he's saying, watch out when, you, when, 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 when life is good. Because when life is good, who needs God? Hey, I'm doing okay. I don't need God. Pride was the root cause of Uzziah's sin. Pride in his heart. It is a lust that destroys more than any other sin. That's why God hates pride. Of the seven things God hates, pride is at the top of the list in Proverbs 6.16. Uzziah was made strong by the Lord because he was helped by God. Uzziah had grown famous. He had become wealthy and powerful because of the Lord. But instead of lifting up God's name and giving him thanks and glory and praising God for who who had done so much for him, his heart was lifted up and it destroyed him. Uzziah committed this sin when he was strong. When his empire was at the top of its greatness and all of its glory and splendor. And at the peak of his fame, when his kingly magnificence was at its peak and his heart had everything it could want. When he should have been so happy and satisfied and not wanting more. Why is it we're never satisfied with what God gives us? We're always wanting more. Instead, he showed an ungrateful heart. What an insult to God. All that God had done for him, that's a slap in God's face. What an attack on the graciousness of God who Paul said has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Who the psalmist said daily loads us with benefits. And who James says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. Uzziah had done so much business He had won so much honor that he started thinking, huh, there's nothing I can't do. There's no honor that's too great for me or too good for me. I can do whatever I want. He got so puffed up 
that he thought he could take on a priestly role of ministering to Jehovah God in the holy place. This was the nature of his sin. Uzziah was doing something God did not call him to do. Nor did God want him to do it. See, God has a role and a place for each and every one of his children. And whatever that is, you know what? We need to be happy with it. We need to give God's thanks for it. He wasn't called to be a priest. And what he did clearly broke God's law. Because the privilege of entering the holy place and ministering inside, it belonged only to the Aaronic priesthood. Numbers 18, 1 through 10. In Numbers 18, verse 7, listen to what it says. Any authorized person who comes to near the sanctuary will be put to death. He said anybody who even comes near the sanctuary who is not authorized, who I have not called, hey, they will be put to death. Thank God that doesn't happen today. I wonder how many would be dragged out of the sanctuary. Let this be a warning. What places, think about what places might you be entering into your life right now where God hasn't called you? What are you doing there? Uzziah disobeyed the word of God with a censer in his hand to burn incense. That, that censer did not make him a priest. Are you doing what God wants you to be doing? Are you where God wants you to be? Are you living in sin? Are you harboring sin? Are you considering some sinful act? Considering an affair? Flirting with somebody at work? Are you angry with a fellow believer? Are you allowing yourself to watch sinful things on TV, the internet? Are you bitter, critical, envious? Are you living in fornication? Are you unequally yoked with an unbeliever? Take a lesson from Uzziah's example here. Get out of the sin. Get right with God before you throw all that you've accomplished your way. Watch out so that you don't lose the prize for which we've been working for so hard. Be diligent so that you'll receive your full reward. Second John 8 tells us. Look at verses 17 and 18 now. So Azariah the priest, notice, went in after him, that is Uzziah, and with him, that is with Azariah, he took 80 priests of the Lord, valiant men, and they withstood King Uzziah, and they said to him, it is not for you, O Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Notice what he said, get out of the sanctuary, for you have trespassed, you shall have no honor from the Lord God. So Azariah the priest sees Uzziah go in there. Azariah goes with 80 other priests, his assistants, valiant men, the scripture says, and they stood against King Uzziah. They weren't afraid of King Uzziah. They weren't afraid of his power or his position. You see, that's what godly people do. They're not afraid of anybody that, is, that comes against the word of God and God's people and the things of God. Azariah and those priests were more concerned for the things of God than staying buddy-buddy with King Uzziah. 
They saw the wicked sin that Uzziah was about to commit. He was trespassing into the holiness of God. That was set apart only for the Aaronic priesthood. The priest warned him of the danger he was in by disobeying God's law. He said, Uzziah, you're not going to receive any honor from the Lord God. God is not going to receive what you're doing. And these men, all men, all women who have God on their side, don't have to worry or be afraid of kings or anybody else. Nothing makes a person more courageous than knowing, you know what, I am right with God. I am right in what I'm saying. I am right in what I'm doing, whether the whole world likes it or not. And that's the problem with the church today. Many Christians are afraid to stand up for God. To stand up for His Word, stand upon His Word. We don't need to defend God's Word. God doesn't need defending. He needs witnesses. He needs witnesses. Like Azariah and these 80 priests. They knew that what they were doing, they were right because it was God's will. Proverbs 27, Psalm 27.1 says, The Lord is my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You see, with godly boldness, these men told the king, you know, Oh, please, please, you know, get out of the sanctuary. You talk to people like that today when they're, they're in sin. Or, oh, you're, oh, where's the love, brother? Uh-uh. They are breaking the law of God. They are sinning. They are committing sin in God's house. They said, get out of the sanctuary because you have trespassed and you shall have no honor from God. Now, in the beginning of verse 19, we're going to see Uzziah's punishment. Verse 19 says, then Uzziah became furious and he had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was angry with the priest, notice leprosy broke out on his forehead before the priest in the house of the Lord before the incense altar. When Azariah and these 80 other priests came in and said, get out of here, you're trespassing in God's sanctuary and God's not going to honor this. He got so angry. And according to Josephus, the Jewish historian, it says that Uzziah, he said, Uzziah threatened to kill Azariah and all the priests if they didn't shut up. And we see in Genesis 4, 5, wrath often leaves the murder. Cain got angry and killed his brother. That's why God says, don't stay angry. And while Uzziah was throwing his little tantrum, leprosy broke out on his forehead immediately on the spot. Suddenly and harshly, God struck him right where he stood, right in his sin, right in the holy place. Even though he had a censer in one hand, he was probably dressed in a princely robe, thinking that that he could do what he wasn't called to do. He was fuming at Azariah and the 80 assistants. He was defiant. He was ready to go through with his plan, with what he wanted to do. What foolishness on on Uzziah's part. God saw it all. God who was and is looking all the time sees everything. And when God saw what was taking place, God simply stretched out his hand and he stopped the ungodly behavior of Uzziah on the spot. And notice, God didn't didn't consider it well. You know, he did good for 52 years. I'm going to cut him some slack. That shows you God don't play with sin. 
God doesn't mess around with sin. Because when he considers what happened to his son because of sin, he says, I don't play. Our sins caused Jesus to be crucified upon a cross. It's serious business to God. According to Josephus, the historian again, at that moment when God struck him, Josephus says that a great earthquake shook the ground, splitting the mountain where the city stood, causing an opening in the temple dome where the sun's rays came shining through right on Uzziah's face and the leprosy broke out at that point. Who are we to think that we can hide our sinful behavior from God? And think that God and to think that God doesn't see it. He said in Second Chronicles seven sixteen, God said, For now I have chosen and sanctified this house, his church, that my name may be there forever, and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. That is forever. He sees everything that goes on in his house. He looks right into the heart. The house of God is nothing and it is useless if the proper worship of God is not there. The psalmist said in Psalm 139, 1 and 4, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and you are acquainted with all of my ways for there is not one word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all. He sees it all. He knows every time I sit down, stand up, lay down, whatever it might be. He sees it. The leprosy broke out on Uzziah's forehead. It's the same punishment that Miriam got for speaking against Moses' leadership. It's the same punishment that Gehazi got for lying to Elisha. And the severity of what God did to Uzziah shows the severity of what Uzziah did. Verse 20. And Azariah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked at him, and there on his forehead he was leprous. Notice, so they thrust him out of that place. And indeed, he, that is Uzziah, also hurried to get out, probably of embarrassment, because the Lord had struck him. Where is his pride now? Like the mark on Cain. The spot on Uzziah's forehead was a sign that said, I am the object of God's wrath. Now, we can't always see somebody else's punishment. But in Uzziah's case, everybody could see it. And it was proof of how serious his sin was. And it's to be a warning to everybody around that God doesn't play around with sin. One of God's purposes in punishing evildoers is to convince those who see the consequences of their sin to hopefully discourage them through the fear of the Lord, of committing the sin. Then there's a humiliation of the sin. They thrust him out of that place. And it says Uzziah also hurried to get out because the Lord struck him. Now Uzziah was an unclean person. Now Uzziah was cut off from the congregation of the Lord. That was, that was the, the requirement of the law. The law demanded that anybody who trespassed into the holy temple were to be put to death according to Numbers 18.7. But God was still gracious to Uzziah because he spared Uzziah's life and gave him leprosy, which is really a living death sentence. Because in that day it was incurable. Verse 21. 
And King Uzziah was a leper until the day of his death. Notice the words here. He dwelt in an isolated house because he was a leper, for he was cut off from the house of the Lord. And then Jotham, his son, was over the king's house, judging the people at the land. Notice it says he was a leper, that he died. He, he was isolated. He, he was cut off. This is what sin does to you. Sin, sin brings all those things upon, to bear upon you. Now that Uzziah was a leper, notice, he couldn't appear in public. He couldn't live in the palace anymore because of the infectious nature of his condition. He had to be quarantined in an isolated house. What a picture of sin. As leprosy in its wasting, corrupting, disgusting, contagious, incurable character was an ugly symbol of sin. He was, also commun- uh, he, he was also excommunicated from the congregation because he was a leper. And today we hardly see that. Because we, so many churches allow people to live in sin in the body. And it's not dealt with. And they think they're being loving and sweet and kind. Wrong. God says we are to deal with sin in the proper manner. In a proper manner. He was excommunicated from the congregation. He was isolated from the fellowship of his friends and fellow men. Again, what a powerful and frightening picture of what's waiting for those who aren't forgiven for their sins. And sin, like leprosy, is fatal. Sin is 100% fatal. Leprosy at the time was 100% fatal. That's why it was a good symbol of sin. King Uzziah was a leopard. He, a leper. He lived in an isolated house until the day he died. He was cut off from the people that he loved. He was cut off from the people in the service of God because of one unguarded moment and it destroyed a lifetime of accomplishments. That's why Jesus said, watch and pray. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. Peter said, be serious and watchful in your prayers. You see, Uzziah wanted to do his will. You see, what we pursue in life shouldn't be our will. But holiness should be what we pursue because holiness is a safeguard against self-will. Again, Hebrews 12, 14 says, pursue peace with all holiness. I'm sorry, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. You see, the first goal of the pursuit is peace with all people. If we're going to pursue holiness, we have to start by making wrong relationships right. By getting right with people is a part of becoming holy. But our final salvation hinges upon holiness. God is holy. And fallen man has to become holy. See, holiness begins with God. Holiness is original with God, and it may be imparted to us by God and God only through His Son, Jesus Christ. With man, holiness is imparted by God, and it's a definite work of God's grace. A lot of people mean well, but they fall short of holiness by by failing to stir themselves up. You see, holiness doesn't come after us. That's why Hebrews says, pursue it. 
we have to pursue it. We have to devote ourselves to getting it with passion, to, with an unswerving determination to be holy. Lazy Christians who can easily be turned away will be turned away. So the next time you decide to yield to temptation, listen to the words of Warren Wiersbe. He said, look back and remember God's goodness to you. Look ahead and remember the wages of sin. Look around and think of all the people who may be affected by what you do and look up and ask God for the strength to say no. For most of Uzziah's life, verse 4 says, he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. But he turned away from God. And because he did, he remained a leper until the day he died. Think of it. Uzziah is remembered more for his arrogant sin and punishment than for all the good things that he did. How sad. You see, God requires a long obedience. Not a little here and a little there and when I feel like it or I like to do this part, I'll obey this part but not this. See, a little at a time is not enough. And Jesus said, only who, he who endures to the end shall be saved. Only he who endures to the end will be saved. Now again, enduring is not the means of salvation. Enduring is saying, I am saved. Be remembered for your consistent faith. Or else you might be remembered more for your downfall than your success. Like Uzziah. So after Uzziah is banished to the isolated house, his son Jotham is put in charge of the royal palace and he now governs the people in the land. Let's look at verses 22 through 23 in closing. Now the rest of the acts of Uzziah from first to last, the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amoz, wrote. So Uzziah rested with his fathers and they buried him with his fathers in the field of burial which belonged to the kings for they said, he is a leper. Notice the last thing written about him. How sad. Doesn't say, oh, he was a good man. He was a good king. He did all kinds of neat things. And we, no, he was a leper. Imagine having that put on your, your headstone. He was a leper. Then Jothan, his son, reigned in his place. When Uzziah finally died, he was buried in the royal cemetery, but apparently not in the tombs of the kings. Because he disgraced them. He had a wonderful beginning, but a very sad ending. And again, may this be a warning to all of us that we need to be on guard and we need to pray that the Lord will help us to end well. To fight the good fight, to finish the race, like Paul said. A person may start well. You know, and they they might run a long ways. But that doesn't guarantee you'll have a good ending. It's like, like the person running track. You may be the first one out of the blocks and you may be almost to the finish line and, 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 and fall down. There's no prize. It's for the one who crosses the line. It's for the one who finishes well. We need to pray that we'll have a good ending and that the sin of whole, unholy desire will be taken away because unholy desire has ruined more than one servant of the Lord. Uzziah was a brilliant soldier. 
but he was defeated. Not by an army bigger and better than him, but by his own pride. Uzziah was a builder. And he built many good things. But that builder, he tore down his own ministry and his own testimony. Uzziah was a farmer. But he had reaped the painful harvest that he had sown. Again, Uzziah is a warning to everyone who entertains unholy thoughts and desires to trespass where God has hung no trespassing signs as we read the word. God says, thou shalt not. That means we should not. We're never closer to failing than when we're experiencing great success. And if we don't recognize God's part in our successes, they're they're the same as failures. Uzziah was an amazingly successful king. His accomplishments made him famous and powerful, but he thought more of himself and what he accomplished. And, and, and that strong pride, little by little, took over his life like leprosy does, and it finally destroyed him. Because he had forgotten not only how much God had done for him and how much God had given him, but also that God had certain roles for others that he needed to respect. Uzziah's pride stemmed from his lack of thankfulness. We don't read anywhere in chapter 26 that Uzziah ever thanked God for all the wonderful things that he received and God did for him. Now, our accomplishments may never be as great as Uzziah's, but you know what? We still owe God thanks for our lives. And if God is not getting the credit for the successes that we have, or the glory, we need to start looking different at our life. Father, thank you so much for this wonderful chapter, Lord. Father, just great lessons to be learned, Father. And Lord, help us to be what you have called us to be, God. And help us to be happy with what you've called us to be and where you've called us to be, Lord. Because, Father, if if I'm where you want me to be, then I can't be in a better place. And I will only be happy in the place that you've called me to be. And, Father, help us not to look on the other side of the fence thinking the grass is greener. Because we've all heard the old saying that the grass is greener on the other side. But understand, it still has to be watered. It still has to be cared for. So, Father, help us to to stay on our side of the fence, God. To water and take care of the spiritual life that that we have in Christ. And to know that, that apart from Jesus, I can't do anything of any real and lasting value. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But God's Word and God's Spirit has touched your heart. And you don't want to be like Uzziah. You want to end well. That will only happen if Jesus Christ is your guide, your God, your Savior. The worship team is going to lead us in a song of worship right now. And if God's spirit has spoken to you and you recognize your need for Christ, then as we worship, you get up out of your seat 
you make your way down the aisles toward the steps up front and I'll meet you there. And when the song's over, we'll pray together a simple prayer of faith. 